0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. We are in Christmas week here and coming to the end of this year. And I just want to wish everyone a very, very happy and healthy holiday season. I hope you caught my Coach's Corner last week, where I shared a bit about ascension symptoms that you may be experiencing with all the up leveling that's going on, as well as walked you through a ritual to wrap up 2020. And this next week's Coach's Corner, I'm going to be guiding you through a ritual and a meditation to really bring in 2021. So if you missed that one, go back and check it out. And this is a ritual I do every year, but I record it fresh every year. So if you've been with me for a while, you won't want to miss the ones that I did for this transition from 2020 into 2021. And if one of the things that's on your list for 2021 is to be in a really amazing, conscious, healthy relationship, then I invite you, those of you who are women who want to be in a relationship with a wonderful, amazing, conscious man to join us for our Be The Queen program. As I've mentioned before, this is filling up quickly. We're getting close to capacity. We're beginning January 24th, but if you enroll like really, really soon, we may still be able to sneak you in for the bonus session that we're doing on January 14th. And I know a lot of you felt very lonely and isolated this year, especially if you are single and either living alone or living with roommates, not having that person in your life can be really challenging. And this is a beautiful investment in calling in partnership, but also into a like-minded community of women the relationships and the friendships that are made in this program are beautiful. And I really encourage you to invest in yourself. You know, Maybe you didn't spend money on travel this year and you can put that into investing in yourself and investing in your future relationship. Such a beautiful program. Go to christinehasler.com slash be the queen to apply. Also, one more thing I want to make you aware of, I've mentioned before, and I'm going to start talking about it more I am going to be launching a coaching training program in collaboration with some other epic coaches early 2021. So if you want to be on the list for that, the first class that we're going to welcome in, will get actual mentorship from the four of us who are creating this program. It will be the only class to do that again, more details to come, but to get on the list, go to christinehasler.com slash coach training and more details will come. I have a great show for you today. This is an amazing conversation with a gentleman named Scott who has a secret that he wants to share with his family and he's very nervous about it. And this is another one of those episodes where we're kind of going along and then we get to the meat of it. So I think I answer his question and I think I'm coaching inappropriately. And then more information comes forward. We detect a pattern and like we really get to some meaty stuff. So As with every episode, you're going to want to listen all the way through because it's usually at that like 10 minute sweet spot that we really start to dive in. So as you're listening to this call, consider, do you have a secret from a family member, from a friend, and you really want to share it, but you're so afraid of upsetting them that you keep it inside? Did you grow up feeling alone and rather isolated? Were you the one that often had to protect family members or parent your parents? And finally, are you ready to break some patterns, especially familial patterns, that really don't serve you anymore? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Scott. Before we dive in, I want to talk to you about a new sponsor. And I'm very, very excited about this product because I love it. So, You've probably never heard of it, or maybe you have. It's called natural Shilajit resin. Have you ever heard of that? Let me tell you what it is. It's a naturally occurring substance found high in the mountains formed for centuries by the gradual decomposition of certain plants by the action of microorganisms. This mineral is powerful and a very safe health supplement, wildly known for its ability to improve physical strength and promote overall health. This natural resin was in use in Ayurvedic medicine as an anti-aging compound and as a rejuvenator this black tar like substance and i can attest to that it's very tar like and very black i take it every day it contains a large number of minerals amino acid fulvic and humic acids vitamins a b c and p citrines phospholipids and all kinds of complexes and things i can't even pronounce <laughs> so the main benefits is it naturally detoxes your body and removes toxins helps increase stamina and energy level May help to naturally increase the production of beneficial hormones, helps to increase energy and performance at the cellular level, helps to protect yourselves and prevent aging. It's really cool. I love it. And the tar-like substance, I will say, not too pleasant to take, but I've gotten used to it. I just take a little bit. Sometimes I mix it in a little warm-ish water because hot water, I've heard, kind of destroys its properties. They also have honey sticks that are really good. I love taking it in the morning before workout. And I really notice a difference and I'm all for naturally occurring stuff. I mean, supplements are great. And the more natural I can get my supplements, the better. So here's how you get yours. Go to christinehasslercom resin, R-E-S-I-N. Again, christinehasslercom resin, R-E-S-I-N. You get a 10% discount when you use the code over it as the promo code. Again, go to christinehaster.com slash resin, R-E-S-I-N, use the promo code over it and get 10% off. And now on to my coaching session with Scott. Scott, welcome to the show. How can I help?
1: Thanks for having me. So I have a bit of a dilemma about approaching my family and uh, I guess exploring stroke explaining something that happened to me when I was 12. Mm. And I guess my dilemma is that I'd always thought that I would never share it with them because I didn't need to. I certainly didn't need to for my own healing. But my story has, is becoming fast, becoming very public.
0: Mm.
1: So I, in the in the next few weeks, when I catch up with my family, I'm going to have to tell them about this incident. And it's an incident that they may well blame themselves for, mm-hmm. uh, and it's something I'd like to seriously avoid. Mm. And I'm not quite sure how I can couch it without them being, firstly, taking responsibility. I'm sure they'll be very sad about it, but sure. they'll also, I can, I can feel the blame um, <laughs> that'll come from it and mm-hmm. the the shame actually that'll come from it. From the, and I just don't want that for them.
0: I hear you. So it's becoming public because you're starting to write about it publicly, talk about it publicly.
1: Yeah, I was writing a book and then I started writing a blog about misguided masculinity for want of a better expression and um, Mm -hmm. this particular part of the story I did literally yesterday I had a meeting with a publisher and I explained this particular element of the story to see her reaction because, again, I'm trying to test whether I even need to tell it. And as her her jaw hit the ground I was like, "Mm, yes, this is a very important part of the story, isn't it? So... I know now how important it is that i share it with others for to be of service to others but of course i'm seriously worried about how this will impact my family i have no intentions of framing my family as being bad they're beautiful people but i know them well enough to know that they will take a lot of it on as their own
0: yeah well i want to acknowledge you for several things one The first of all, the courage to look at whatever happened, your own trauma, and deal with it. Second, to write about it. Because as we share our own stuff, especially stuff that we have processed and and gotten over, which I'm going to bookmark and come back to, is Mm -hmm. incredibly empowering for other people because it helps them not feel alone. And I also feel how much you love and care for your family in wanting to protect them from this information and not go into blame. Let me ask you this. What do you think I'm going to tell you?
1: (laughs) What do I think you're going to tell me? Mm -hmm. Possibly that the best I can do is to explain to them that I don't feel any anger toward them, resentment toward them or any blame Mm -hmm. toward them. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best I can do. I think. I've thought about this a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can tell. And, and also you can't control someone else's feelings and you're not responsible for them. And, you know, when it comes to sharing things with people, sometimes I'm an advocate for the truth wins. Secrets are bad. And then sometimes I'm like, well, do people really need to know what really Mm -hmm. is in the highest good? And I can feel you in that in-between place. But if you're really feeling that this thing becoming public and them knowing about it is not only going to help people, but is part of your liberation from it, because part of what heals us from our own shame is bringing it into the light, then Mm -hmm. you really are doing the most loving thing. So let me go back to what I bookmarked. And I'm going to answer your question, which is Going some different directions first. Mm -hmm. Do you feel well? First, are you open to sharing what happened? And second, do you feel complete with it? Do you feel like it's no longer a trigger in your life? Do you feel like you have healed from it?
1: Yeah, it's excellent question. Do I? I, I'll talk about the feelings first. I, I um, I did go through passages of you know I I learned about the incident in terms of having full cognitive awareness about what had happened to me about four years ago and I've been in therapy every fortnight since um my therapist calls me a unicorn apparently not people don't rock up for five years in a row Mm. every two weeks um but um uh, yeah I did go through I went through the anger I went through the remorse and regret uh and I've gone through the forgiveness part so, you know, in no way do I feel compelled to share this with them to lay, the, lay it at their door at all.
0: I've no, 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 I know that. The reason why I'm asking is because people have an easier time healing things and not blaming themselves if they really can feel, because we're all energetic and we're all intuitive in our own ways, if they can feel that it's healed inside of you. So the reason I'm asking this is it's yeah, going right. to land better, not only in your delivery and how you say it, but if they can really feel inside of you that you're okay. Because I know when I've shared with loved ones or people in my life, or even when my husband and I got together and I shared with him some things that happened to me and, and, you know, he would empathize and have tears in his eyes. And and I would say, but I'm, I'm really okay. Like this is really mm. healed. And mm then he was able to let that go. So I know it's different because he didn't have a role in it and you're talking about your family. But the degree into which this is resolved inside of you is going to impact how it lands for them. Because if they're really able to feel that you have healed this, you have worked on this, this is something that doesn't haunt you, this is something that doesn't cause suffering anymore, this is really something you've gotten to the other side of, then they're going to feel that. So if I were in your shoes, I'd really be looking at, is there any place inside of me where this is still a trigger? Is there any place inside of me where even though my adult self doesn't blame them, maybe the little boy or the younger self, there's a part that is kind of angry. Is there any place inside of me where there's still a charge? And if there is, great, go after it. And if not, then you can really come to them from that place and that's going to land a lot better and and scott once once it lands it's it's not your responsibility your responsibility is to deliver it with truth and with love to live, to deliver it with as much neutrality and like i said love and real embodiment of where you are as you possibly can how they mm-hmm. react not your issue if they blame themselves if they start feeling bad if they start feeling ashamed that's for them to work through. It's not your responsibility. And if you're choosing to share this publicly, with it, which is your choice, then of course you're going to want to tell them yourselves rather than have them find out through reading a blog or having a friend say something. So I understand why mm. you want to tell them. So what's coming up for you as I say all that?
1: I think I mean, what's coming up for me is a realization that I have gone through all those phases that I. Not only do I feel I feel more than okay about it, I also feel that it's such an important part of my story for others. And, and I ha, I've road tested this a lot with people yeah. because I was I, I was trying to figure out how I could avoid it. To be honest, mm. and every time I I tell this story, people go, "Wow!" Mm. Um, so I know it's so impactful, mm-hmm. and therefore I feel it's an important story to tell
0: let me let me do this. So I just want you to close your eyes for a moment
1: mm-hmm.
0: and take some nice deep breaths. And I just want you to picture your parents. Can you see them in your mind's eye?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And what I want you to do is imagine that each of them are in this beautiful iridescent bubble. And this bubble doesn't keep love out. It doesn't keep communication out. It just really holds them in a safe space. Mm -hmm. And I want you to imagine yourself in your own bubble. So you each are in your own separate bubbles. And I want you to see that on top of each of the bubble, there's like a cord or a column of light that's going straight up to source universal God energy. And really see that even though you're connected as a family, you each are your own sovereign beings and you're connected to God, to source energy. There's not a cord connecting you to your parents, making you responsible. Mm. And I just really want you to see them held, really held Mm. in this, this bubble of light, knowing that whatever information you give them, they're held. They've got their connection to source. They've got their soul journey. And they're the parents. You're the child, even Hmm. though you're a grown man. Mm. And you're not responsible for their feelings. So, yeah, what comes up when I say that?
1: I feel like I have been for a very long time.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the issue here. Tell me more about that.
1: I don't know. I've, I've always felt like I had to be the brave adult amongst the four of us, to be honest. Do the unpopular but necessary. And um, yeah, I feel like that's been my role. Um, I feel like that's my family has not really understood me for that. Mm-hmm. My sisters recently started therapy and literally called me six months ago and said, oh, my God, I get you, which mm. <laughs> mm. is kind of interesting. What does she get about isolated you? isolated and alone mm. through, I felt very alone in my
0: life.
1: Mm. Mm. Um, I think she gets um, my behaviour toward the family, my uh, distance from the family, and it's not a distance that, you know, it's perfectly normal relationship in many ways, but you know, I do stay out of family matters. I do stay away from family matters, and I have not lived in the same city as my family since I was eighteen. I'm fifty.
0: Mm-hmm. And and Scott, what's made you feel alone most of your life?
1: I think um, I think there's just a genuine feeling of not being understood. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there were some definitely uh, definite abandonment issues early. But I think mostly this particular incident, which, you know, occurred when I was 12, was not held um, at all appropriately and Mm -hmm. made me very confused and set me off on a course that completely altered the decisions I made for the following 30 years. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's big, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So not only did you have to be the parent, but you also had to really do a lot of life on your own Mm -hmm. and figure things out without any kind of guidance or true parenting.
1: Uh, Look, I guess so. I'm a parent now myself and I um, I know how much effort I put into being entirely, showing up entirely differently for my daughter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's a criticism. I mean, I think – Um, many a joke is said about, you know, kids who were raised in the (laughs) eighties, um, Mm. and how we'd sort of go missing for large portions of the day and no one cared. Uh, I think there's some of that, but no, I think, uh, I think I felt very alone in my challenges, um, and very misunderstood in them and. Yeah, it's been in terms of parenting. My, my parents probably more feeling like I had to make the adaptations to ensure that their emotions were intact.
0: Yeah, and that's parenting your parents. So going is, back yeah. to that that emotion that's coming up over feeling really alone. What did you want people to see that they didn't?
1: Especially I really was, which is what to be honest, that's what's happening for me the last couple of months is. Mm-hmm. That, I'm starting to share a lot of um, my story and I'm truly being seen and it's been the cause of um, a lot of emotion for me the last few months actually. Mm -hmm. It's elation and emotion like, wow, Mm -hmm. um, I'm truly being my authentic self and people are loving me for it and um, it's amazing, right? It's a bit of a – it's a huge healing.
0: Yeah, so – You know, what's interesting now is this opportunity to share with your parents is actually a huge healing because it's an opportunity for you to not be the parent. And you were actually going into this at the beginning of the conversation in the same dysfunctional pattern. Are they going to be okay? I have to do it in the right way. How's it going to go? And I want to give you full permission to go in as the kid, to still be loving and to still be truthful, but to not worry about their feelings. That's really how you heal this, you know, because awareness and therapy does a huge piece of it. But that final, you know, 20, 30% comes from the integration. It comes from the behavioral shifts. So you going to them and being fully seen and saying, this is what happened. And I want you to know, not just because I'm writing a book, but because I want you to know. And then you step away, not in terms of you actually literally leave the room, but you cut that cord and you break that pattern of making sure they're okay. And you hand the parenting back to them.
1: It's uh it's really interesting. I, you know, I've road tested this story with numerous people around me just to see whether it's as impactful as I think it is. And one of my friends said to me about mm, two months ago, he said, "Uh, so what was your plan? And I said, well, my plan was that my folks are in their seventies and you know, I don't want them to be hurt by this. And I figured they would never find out. And he said, and have you ever considered what it would be like if they passed and you never told them, how would you feel?
0: Yeah.
1: And I really hadn't asked myself that question at all. Yeah. I was so caught up in the martyrdom of taking care of them.
0: How would you feel?
1: Yeah, I think that would be really sad. I think that would be really, it would be such a shame for them not to understand that and understand how much it shaped my life and my, yeah. my own challenges. Yeah. 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 I mean.
0: So can you see how much telling them this, like initially you wanted to ask me, how do I tell this to them without upsetting them? But really Mm. what this is, this conversation is really about is this is a massive opportunity to break a pattern and to stop being their parent and to stop being afraid of them being upset and to stop feeling misunderstood because part of how we feel seen is we release the shame and we tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And I think that I would even encourage you to, because I think now that I'm unpacking this a little bit and can see the pattern, if you were to tell them, there'd be this sense of, you know, I'm really okay. And I think that's great. Mm -hmm. And now that I know a little bit more, I'm gonna amend some of what I said in terms of, yes, you want to go in and show that you're okay and deliver this from a loving place. But also I give you full permission, not that you need it, but full encouragement to say, you know what? And I felt really alone. I'm okay mm. now. And I mm. know it was part of my journey and it was really hard and I felt really alone.
1: Yeah. So true. I, uh- <laughs> I, I will share that my, my daughter started learning the piano through COVID, and um, the first song she learned was Lost Boy by Ruth B. Mm. And it talks about that loneliness mm-hmm. of being a Lost Boy until Peter Pan comes along. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, whoa, it really cut me. <laughs> it really got me mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it's so much my story.
0: Yeah. Do you still feel lost?
1: No, in fact, I I feel, you know, if I could offer this, the symbolism of in that song about Peter Pan showing up is my authentic self has shown up and said, hey, you'll never be lonely. Mm. Mm. And, yeah, I I do feel like I'm in my own Neverland right now. You know, I feel um, such a pure expression of me. I feel like I'm seen. I feel people always say how brave I am, but it just feels right. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And do you feel connected to people now? Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Well, you have really embodied so much work. I think that the purpose of this call was really for us to see, oh, wow, actually telling them is part of the healing. It's not just because the book is coming out. It's part mm-hmm. of the healing. And it's it's okay for you to be vulnerable. Like, don't be the strong one in this conversation. Yes, I stand behind what I said earlier. Be authentic. Be loving. You can show that you're okay because that means you're not going in as a victim, but you can still Mm -hmm. be vulnerable and you can still say, you know, it was, I'm good now. And it was hard. I won't lie. It was, I felt alone. Felt like it wasn't Mm -hmm. handled great. And this is not to blame you. This is because Mm -hmm. I want to never resent you. And I want to have this conversation with you now while you're living so that we can Talk about this and not brush it under the rug, and I bet to some degree they know.
1: Yeah, I think they do. I think I think to some degree you're right. I think uh, you know. I think the other thing that's really important is that when you and you know when you when you go through this sort of thing and you and you you know go through therapy for it, you, you get to a point where you forgive yourself and and the remorse and the and the resentment stops. Mm. Um, and I found the next phase for me was that I began to forgive them because I understood the reasons that they didn't show up
0: Mm -hmm. in that
1: particular circumstance, how I, how I needed them to. Mm -hmm. And it's not their fault. And I actually want to tell them that too.
0: True. And it's, it's okay. But for that little guy inside of there, it's okay for him to feel like they should have protected him better or handled it differently. You know, and that's the thing, like we have our adult self and we can get to the place of forgiveness and we can also be like, you know, I know they did the best they could and it -hmm. wasn't cool. And I know you've worked through that and that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I just want you to have the experience of really being seen and be able to say, this is not about blame. I've worked through it. I've worked through my anger at you. You know, I was talking to my parents several months ago and we were talking about, our relationship and I said yeah I can have this great relationship because I've written both of you a lot of fuck you letters and ripped them up and we had a laugh about <laughs> it <laughs> because you know they're human and there was no manual and they had me young and what did they know you know mm-hmm, and exactly. and so I can say that you know I can say yeah there's been anger and stuff I've had to work through and the place I'm in right now is in forgiveness and loving I just don't want you Scott To go into the parental role in this situation. And I think that was where you were headed. You were headed for how do I handle this and how do I talk about this in a way that makes them okay. And that just perpetuates the pattern. And I think it would have, it could have regressed you having the conversation from that standpoint.
1: Yeah, wow, that's so true. So I hadn't thought about it.
0: I want you to move forward and and still come from that loving, empowered place, but also that vulnerable. This was, I was really alone and I felt really scared and I just want you, um, this is just something I need to share with you and what you choose to do with it. You choose to do with it. I'm saying I'm okay. I work through it. I don't have blame. I don't have resentment. This is just the truth. And this is just me showing you me, you know, I've, Mm -hmm. I've had the story that you don't see me Well, I've still been hiding, so I don't want to hide anymore. And this is my truth. Yeah. How do you feel about that?
1: I feel like I'm, I'm glad I've got a few weeks to, to work myself up to that, maybe write some things about that and, uh, you know, mentally prepare for that shift and, and recognize that it is a big shift for me, yeah. um, to not try to hold them.
0: Yes. That's the healing uh, shift, you know, and if yeah. you're still in therapy, this is a good thing to go talk about and be like, Wow. I know part of my work is getting out of this parental role with my parents and here's this opportunity to fully embody it. And I was going in kind of unconsciously trying to make it okay for them again. And so yeah, it's like, so whoa, true. okay, there's another layer here. So I'm excited for you, Scott, because I feel like this is all lining up in in perfect timing. And anytime you worry, just go back to that visualization of like you separate from them, everybody in their bubble, God has them. Like that's their parent or whatever you believe, Mm -hmm. universe, whatever, their higher self, you're not their parent and you've got to take your rightful place in the family so that you can really be a parent to your child or children and to yourself. Because that's, especially because you said you're writing and teaching about masculinity, that is part of how the masculine heals is finding that inner parent inside of Mm -hmm. him So, there's not a hurt little boy running the show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, it's funny. I actually even explained that to my father last year. And he was, he often talks about how he wishes he was there more and did this more and that more. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, Well, you didn't come home from work drunk every night Mm -hmm. beating the crap out of me. So, I guess you did better than your dad. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Um, Man, isn't that all we can do, dad? But you could see that me trying to pull him up by the bootstraps there and yeah. take care of him in yeah. that conversation, right?
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> Good catch. Yep. Yeah. So you want to break that. Yep. You want to break that, especially before they pass. See if you can take your rightful place in the family. One thing that I tell people wow. to do, and you may have heard me say this on the show, is you know, the unconscious mind responds. I mean, subconscious mind responds very well to visuals. And so if you have a picture of them and take a picture of them and put it in front of a picture of you. So you really get that in the lineage, you come behind your parents Mm -hmm. and like, it's not your job to go in front of them. It's really your Mm -hmm. place to be behind them, not behind them in terms of less evolved or anything like that, but like that's yeah. your rightful place and they pass their hand back to you and you passed, you know, and you could put a picture of your daughter behind you. So you start to mm. see that that lineup because right now like you're kind of even or often in front of your parents and that's preventing the deeper levels of healing that you can have with that little guy inside of you because he's like, wait a second, like <laughs> I want to be parented here. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't parent me well, now you're parenting them. And like, what about me? And I know you've done so much work and this is just the fine tuning and the final integration. And I really am just sending mm-hmm. you so much love and light and support when you have this conversation to let that grown man and that little boy go in together and have that vulnerable, <sighs> honest conversation.
1: Yeah, well, it's, um. you know, I've got photos of my little boy um in my office. Mm. um all different stages of my life up to up to that point actually mm. beautiful and you know I always yeah I think there's a big association with taking care of your little boy yeah yeah,
0: yeah. does this give you some clarity Scott mm.
1: wow yes <laughs> wow <laughs> like yeah like so obviously but yes beautiful <laughs> I'd missed it beautiful
0: Thank you, Scott, so much for your vulnerability and everything that you shared. I really appreciate this conversation. I think that a lot of people can relate to holding in those secrets or things they don't want to say and don't really know how to bring it forward. And secrets can be toxic and carry so much shame. And do I believe that we should absolutely tell people we love to us everything? I don't know. Not always. But when... It's something that we're we're carrying and that we are allowing to perpetuate a pattern of protecting somebody else above speaking our own truth, especially our parents. It's one of those situations where often the truth will prevail and the truth is the choice and speaking truth with love. And as we uncovered and unpacked, it was about more than that for Scott. Yes, it was about speaking the truth and doing it with love and doing it in a way that gave his parents the the best shot of not going into a lot of upset or making themselves wrong. He really was approaching this in such a way that demonstrated his care for his parents. But then the care went a little too far and we really uncovered that so much of his life has been about making sure they're okay and protecting them. And by sharing this, again, by not going into victim, but going in with vulnerability, it gave him the opportunity to heal some things and to not be in that position of protecting everybody else and being like, this is what happened to me. And I I need to share this with you. And I need to be the son in this moment. I think that protecting our children is one thing, but protecting our parents, that's a different conversation because If we're trying to protect our parents, then we're sometimes taking on the parental role. And again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't at times consider their emotions and think about things that aren't necessary to share with them. However, if we have that pattern of kind of being the parent and worrying about them and sacrificing our own truth and our own vulnerability, you know, that's a different conversation. So I know that revealing secrets is difficult for so many of us. And sometimes it's easier to keep things brushed under the rug. We don't want to deal with the conversation. And I get that and I respect that. But in Scott's case, he kept it under the rug for as long as he could. And he shared with me off air what the situation was that happened. And after hearing it, I understand why it's so important for him to talk about it even publicly so that it helps more people, especially more young men, and takes a lot of the shame off a lot of things that so many people carry shame around. So some takeaways for you when you think about this conversation is you may not be having a secret in your life, but where are you not being authentic? Where are you not really being vulnerable? Where are you not speaking your truth? Because you're too afraid of someone else's reaction. And consider where is that line between hurt, like doing something that's just going to hurt someone and it's not necessary to tell them versus worrying too much about their reaction that you're carrying something around that's just way too heavy for you. And part of your healing could be speaking it. Because a big part of how we feel shame is we really bring it into the light and consider in what ways were you not able to be a child in your relationship with your parents? Because that's gonna play out in your relationship with others, in your relationship with yourself, and how can you take that rightful place in your family and really be the child? Again, not in terms of regressing or being immature or going back to your parents and screaming at them all the ways they messed you up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about doing your own inner work, doing your own inner child healing, but breaking out of those patterns of over-responsibility. And that's really the pattern Scott was in: was breaking out of that pattern of over-responsibility. Cause when we're in over-responsibility, it can lead to resentment. And so yes, ownership, responsibility, but also that vulnerability and lifting the veil of shame. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to over at non with it. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode.